Welcome to the Doctors Building Wealth Podcast, a place where we talk about the strategies, habits, and mindset that separate wealthy docs from those who are not. We're your hosts, Leiti and Kenji. Today, we are excited to have Travis Rosser joining us on the show. He is a software entrepreneur, speaker, and author. One of the reasons we wanted to have Travis on our show is because he co-founded the popular online educational platform called Kajabi. We've built our highly successful introductory real estate course called Zero to Freedom Through Cashflowing Rentals on Kajabi. And we think it's really an amazing platform for anyone who's interested in teaching an area of expertise that they have to others. We believe in this product, so we're also affiliates, and you'll be able to find that link in the show notes. Travis has also written a book called You Inc., which is aimed at helping entrepreneurs build the businesses inside of them. In this episode, we spend some time discussing some of what we think are the most important concepts covered in his book. These are concepts that are applicable to any of you who are considering building your own business. And what we love about the book is that he lays out the process step by step. Travis is now working on a new platform called CoachSnap.com. We hope you enjoy the show. Travis, we are so excited to have you here. Thank you for joining us on Rich Doc Poor Doc. Thank you for having me. This is going to be fun. It is. It is. So the reason we really wanted to have you here is because you're the, one of the co-founders of Kajabi. And it's an amazing platform that we use ourselves. And we know also you've written a book, you incorporated, you can see it all behind there, um, <laughs> that we've read. And so we really wanted to talk to you about business and, you know, how businesses become successful, because I feel like you have a lot of insights about that. So thanks for joining us. Let's uh, yeah. maybe start out by asking you a little bit about you know, how you started and how you created Kajabi. Yeah, so Kajabi was created in 2010. It was basically something that happened after spending decades of trying to figure out how to make money on the side. I was in the software space. Uh, I did design and marketing in like online software. And I made it to the top. I mean, six figures, you know, top design team, you know, in a cubicle. And I was like, man, this is it. Like, I felt like I was in jail. Like, here I am. I've made it in my career, but I'm in jail. And I just became obsessed with the side hustle and selling things on the internet. And then I eventually met guys that were teaching how to do things on the internet. And that's where we kind of came to the point where we, after trying to build so many different websites, we're like, what if we built this thing that people could sell their knowledge? Because I believe everybody's good at something or they know someone who's good at something and why not monetize that? And so in 2010, we got our first batch of customers and we launched. And since then, the customers of Kajabi have made over a billion dollars selling knowledge. It's crazy. It's a whole new industry that's really exploded. And I think we're both in agreement that it's really in the early stages. And Mm -hmm. in five years, it's going to be totally different even than now. Definitely. I, I think this whole COVID thing has changed it because a lot of people are stuck at home. And so they're now discovering how there's a lot of people out there, especially on YouTube, that can teach you cool things. And it really is that space. It's not the Harvard professor expert. It's the everyday person that is an expert at something. And apps like Kajabi and ClickFunnels and Teachable and all those apps out there help you easily turn that into a course or a coaching program or a workshop. To me, it's fascinating. Like, if I ever meet anybody at a par uh, at a party or like at a restaurant, like this is the conversation I have all the time to try to help them pull out, out there, you know, what their business is. That's kind of why I wrote the book You Inc. because all of us are a business. All of us have a business inside. And there's a way to turn your knowledge and your life experiences into your best asset. 
Yeah. And I think, I mean, that's what we've done yeah. with our real estate is it's our passion. And that's why we created business about it. I'm kind of curious. So I, I've obviously read about your childhood and everything in the book too. Yeah. But what do you think made you be an entrepreneur? Like, what was that, yeah, that experience? I, mean, I grew up in a very middle-class family. Both of my parents were teachers, small town here in California you know, on a farm. And I just, I was always dreaming of more. Back then I stuttered really bad, so I couldn't talk. And that was like my first dream that I wished that, that would go away. I prayed that that would go away. And I just was the kind of kid that was always dreaming that life was going to get better. And so as I saw my parents struggle with money, even though they had plenty of money, they were just bad with their money. I wanted to figure out a way to solve that. I hate that my dad always had a fixed income and that he was always stressed about it. And I remember like at nine years old, wishing I could find a way to solve it for him. And so I just set out on that journey, like, where does money come from? How do you make money? I would even pray like, God, show me something. Like, give me an idea like Henry Ford or Thomas Edison, like give me some kind of idea. So I've just always been in that space of questioning everything and trying to figure out what are the components that make money. And now that I've you know, been in this business for a while, I, I see it as it's such an enjoyable thing and it helps so many people. When you can figure that out, you help yourself like I have with Kajabi, but then those customers have made over a billion dollars. I've met people at events that became millionaires because they found Kajabi. And I love to hear I was this kid, you know, on that farm that had this crazy idea that eventually, you know, turned into that. It's just, it's such a cool, like, idea of a dream and the whole cycle of life. It's the contribution too. I mean, that's fulfilling to you, Mm -hmm. clearly. That's beautiful. So one thing that I read in your book that I thought was really, really helpful for any person thinking about creating a business, besides, of course, the idea that your business is inside you, right? Yeah, yeah. Everyone has a business and you don't need anything from the outside. You just need to trust yourself and look mm-hmm. at what you're passionate about or problems. So let's talk about the four Ps, if you don't mind. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the one thing I will say about making more money, it's all about reading and learning more. I love how you guys call this Rich Doc, Poor Doc, because Rich Dad, Poor Dad, that book is what finally defined my life because my dad was the poor dad and the rich dad was other people I just saw in the world. And it just made me realize that changing mindset's a big deal. And that's really what you Inc. is about is changing your mindset because you have an asset right now. A lot of people are going to have all kinds of excuses like nobody's going to pay for that. Why would anybody care? You know, when I was running Kajabi, it was always about selling knowledge, selling courses. Now I've taken the UIC concept and, and made it into a concept that you could invent a product, you could create a service, you might create an experience, you know, there's all these things that come. And what I did is I tried to define four areas of knowledge that you have from life experiences. And I call them the four P's. The first P is profession. And that's your job. That's the easy thing to realize, oh, I could teach accounting online, or I could teach CPR online, or I could, you know, teach how to become a fireman. Those are the simple, you know, concept of profession. But there's people, especially in the U Inc. book, that took a different twist on it. And I've also tried to define that formula. But the way they did it was like, for example, there's a guy who's a paint contractor and he paints homes and he was an expert at doing paint matching. So instead of making a course for homeowners to do paint matching, he made a course for other paint contractors to learn how to upsell paint matching. So then he taught them the skill and he taught them how to make money from it. And that's where things that your profession, if you can help someone make more money at their job, you know, maybe get a promotion, maybe start a business, you'd be surprised that what you do every day could be very useful for someone. You know, there's another guy that 
he was really good at Microsoft Excel. He worked at this accounting firm and he would always make these formulas and he started doing this blog where he would give them away for free, these little formulas in Excel. And then finally he started to sell them and now he doesn't even work in a cubicle anymore. He's selling, you know, like this, I think it's called Excel Academy. It's also in the book too. But it's just, he took that thing, that task at work that he was really good at. And the thing I always say is, what do people always ask you you know, to do when you're at your job? Or what, do you, what comes so easy? You're just like, man, this is so simple and everybody else struggles with this. Or has there always been a problem that you wish someone would solve? So many businesses are based on a problem that the person has first and then they go solve it and boom, it becomes a business. Just like with Kajabi, you know, we were trying to sell digital knowledge online. One of the things was my co-founder had created this kid's car wash with all these like PVC pipes and sprinkler heads. And it was like a car wash for your kids' bikes. And instead of you know, selling that as a product, we sold how to build that. But when we went to put that on the internet, it was so much trouble. It was like, this is back in 2009. We had to connect to a host and then get WordPress and then get a plugin and then get a merchant account and make sure that it, you know, it, it, it ran into our bank. It was so difficult that that's kind of what sparked the idea of a Kajabi. So when I'm talking about these four Ps, you might actually have solved something in your business that nobody else knows how to do. Or right now, it's just a huge issue. Maybe it's an inventory issue. Because right now, I coach a lot of people when they want to start a software business. And a lot of it has to do with, man, I wish there was something that would manage this inventory and that patient information or whatever it is. You never know. That might be the next big thing. I mean, that's what I love about you know, business and the internet. But anyways, that's kind of long-winded for the first P. But uh, the next one is passion. So this is something that you love to do. This is like, you might play golf, you might surf, you might mountain bike, you might fly drones. There's so many things that you love that if you looked a little closer, you might actually be able to turn that into a business. And there's, especially with drones, like this is kind of an older thing now, but you know, like five years ago, when those first came out, there was guys that were teaching how to fly drones how to, to use drones to like do um, you know, surveying and real estate. And your hobby could easily become your business. Another one is there was this group of people that did calligraphy and they made like 800,000 bucks teaching calligraphy. Like it was their hobby and they turned that into a course. So it's just incredible, like the things that can become a business. Um, the last two, I'll kind of combine them here, is a problem and, and a pain. And I noticed that on Kajabi, that happened a lot. Like someone was in debt or someone you know, went through a divorce or a bankruptcy, or maybe they lost their voice. There's quite a few people like voice coaches that teach you how to rehabilitate your voice. And I know that was kind of the long-winded version of it. But that exercise starts helping you open your mind to there may be a business right under your nose right now and you don't know it. So I yeah. love taking people through that. Like, if I, like I said, I meet you at a restaurant, we're talking, we'll start talking like this. So yeah, I love that because uh, so many of our listeners are doctors and we're, you know, we have a lot of pain points uh, taking care of yeah. patients in the hospital. Uh, and one of the issues I think in the, in the hospital industry and for doctors is how do you monetize, you know, all this knowledge, all these problems. There's, and like you said, there's a lot of pain points. How do you monetize that? And I love this idea. I think anybody listening, there's definitely an idea out there that you can monetize. Yeah, uh, it's just a matter of sitting down and and talking, maybe talking it through with your friends or whatever, and going through some of these exercises. I think it's amazing. So yeah, I mean, like that. like in the book is um, another another physician. He um, did like weight loss surgery, Doctor V. I don't know if you guys have heard of him, 
he's like one of the experts in weight loss surgery. And part of his reason to success is because he would train someone how to deal with going through that surgery. And now he, he doesn't even do surgeries anymore. All he does is that. He just coaches someone who's going through weight loss surgery. Like what if the procedure you're doing, you could turn that into some kind of digital product and then make money you know, while, while you're working or while you're on vacation, or maybe you could retire because you know, I've, I've heard me not being a doctor, I don't know, but I know it can be a very difficult process of working a lot with lots of debt and lots of stress and lawsuits and healthcare. There is another world like there, and the world needs this. Like people need that knowledge that there may be, just like Dr. V did, it's incredible that he saw he was actually more helpful by stopping doing the surgeries and reaching more people. So instead of doing however many he did, and he did a lot of surgery, he's now reaching tens of thousands of people and helping improve their success rate. Yeah. For some of the people who are hesitating, what we always say is that, you know, you really have to look at it as it's your responsibility to go out there Mm -hmm. and share your knowledge. You know, don't just assume that, oh, nobody's going to be interested in this. That's not true at all. It's your responsibility to go out there and share what you know. Yeah. Yeah. And you talk a lot about niches and really getting narrow. Um, Can you explain a little bit of that to our listeners, sir? Yeah, for sure. I think sometimes people are like, well, nobody wants to know that or the audience is too small. Sometimes the smallest audiences are the best audiences. There's a lady in the book who she won this photo competition and it was some kind of an international photo competition. I don't remember the name of it. She became a judge after she won it a whole bunch of times. And as she was a judge, she noticed that the contestants didn't do a very good job of entering the contest or knowing what to do. So she, she said, hey, I'll, I'll teach a couple of you how to do it. And so she created a small course. And pretty soon, she had quite a few students. And the pool of people was like 3,000 people. And she made six figures doing that every single year just by saying, here is the masterclass on how to pass, how to win this contest. And it's crazy the small niches that you might find especially when you can add that value because you've gone through it or you've won it or you've solved it. It's, it's worth trying. And with the internet, it doesn't cost anything to start out. I mean, you could start, start a small Facebook group if you want just about that subject and see if anybody's interested. That's free. I mean, you don't have to spend a bunch of money or make a huge giant course. There might be something else that, you know, that voice inside of you is trying to, to tell you because I always think there's something inside of us trying to tell us, hey, you should go help this person or hey, maybe you should go invent that thing and you know, build that thing. I just always think that way. And I, I hope other people have that voice sometimes, or at least they're willing to try to listen to see if it's there. Yeah. And not only you know, in this new world, right? Your audience is not just the people around you or, or even the people in the United States. I mean, it could be the entire world, right? And you're on yeah. the internet, you're out there. So you, know, yeah. you might think it's a small niche, but no. it's actually probably a lot bigger than you think. Yeah, because I think when COVID's kind of settled in, the world kind of got smaller because we all went online. Even though myself, I was already online completely, but everything was now online. I remember my wife and I doing like Zoom calls with friends just to have like a cocktail hour. You know, and I would think in medicine for sure, there's so many new opportunities because of this shift, and a lot of the shift won't change back. I think my doctor's gone to where he has a whole telemedicine plan now you can sign up for. But what if there is uh, an innovation there or there's something that's always been done this old way that you could change? Like, I love that kind of stuff. I love it like when someone took a bathrobe and turned it backwards and called it a Snuggie and made hundreds of millions of dollars. I mean, every business has that innovation that's just waiting to be flipped. And maybe you're the one that is getting that idea. 
Because like I said before, if it bugs you and it's like at your job or your profession, then maybe you're supposed to do something about that. Totally. I don't know. It's always my best ideas always came that way. That's where Kajabi came from. That's, that's where the next thing I'm working on now, which is you Inc. But I'm also building a new app called Coach Snap because I saw the same problem in the coaching space that we saw with Kajabi. And building a course can be difficult. I mean, you guys know you're in this space. It's actually the number one thing that holds back all Kajabi customers is just starting. But anybody can help one other person. And so I'm diving like head first into this coaching space and building just basically a business platform for coaches so that who knows, you might be able to come a, become a coach about whatever expertise there is. I mean, there's even video game uh, coaches now that'll teach you how to play, you know, Fortnite or whatever video game there is. Plus, on top of like, my wife does it with finance and women empowerment. I'm doing it in the software space. People that want to create software companies like Kajabi, they can do a session with me. And I think that's kind of the, the future. Like, I have so many friends that had sales jobs, sales jobs here in Southern California that probably won't travel as much anymore. Because they're like, wow, these Zoom calls actually worked pretty good. So yeah. you might be able to do something that you used to just do in person in a meeting, but now do it remotely and charge money and do it over the internet. Very cool. Yeah, serial entrepreneur over here. Huh? Oh gosh, I, I'm, <laughs> I have to be careful because I'll, I'll procrastinate with a new idea. <laughs> and not take action. So no, yeah, I mean, it's that's actually, what holds people back, right? And you're yeah, saying for, every single time it's another battle. Yeah, for me, I just, my secret weapon is to try to stay focused. Like I literally have my dry erase board. I mean, this is all you're working on. I don't care what idea you have, you're only working on that. This episode is brought to you by Dan Peck of Caliber Home Loans. If you're an experienced investor, you'll know just how important it is to have a lender who knows how to work with investors. Now we've been working with Dan and his team for over five years now, and he's our go-to whenever we need a residential loan for our investment properties. Now, if you're new to investing, you might not know this, but your lender can sometimes be the difference between getting a great deal or completely missing out on it because your lender couldn't close the deal. Now, I did want to point out that Dan can help you not only with your investment properties, but also if you're looking to buy a primary residence or a vacation home. So the next time you're looking for a residential lender, be sure to email Dan at semi-retiredmd at caliberhomeloans.com to get a free consultation. Also wanted to give a shout out to Tyler Curley of Path Insurance Solutions for being a sponsor of the show. Tyler is who we go to for all of our insurance needs. We first started working with Tyler when we bought our first investment property. And since then, he has not only helped us insure all of our investment properties, he's also helped us with our personal insurance needs as well. Tyler's an invaluable member of our team for our investment properties because he's so knowledgeable and he also finds you the best policies without breaking the bank. So the next time you need insurance, be sure to reach out to Tyler at tyler at pathins.com. Now back to the show. So another concept in your book that I think is really useful to people listening is that of the laps. And so I was hoping you could kind of explain it to people. And I'm sure I have a lot of questions to stick in there. Sure. I mean, this, this is a good example for someone that wants to test this out. You know, the concept of laps are... Um, it's just, as you get started, you're going to start really simple. And they basically stand for, the, the L stands for like a landing page. And then it's like awareness and then some kind of product or something you can give away. And I hope I don't botch these because I haven't read that in a while. So I'm trying to do this all from memory. That's okay. I got um, them written down. I can help good. you. Good. So you might have to come back. But the idea is this. Let's say that you're getting an idea right now and you're like, oh, this is like the checklist for weight loss surgery. Let's use Dr. V as an example. 
Well, he might realize that he could make a simple PDF. And then the, the landing page at first could just be your Facebook. You're just posting like, hey, check this out. Are you interested in this PDF about weight loss or whatever? Or then just join this group. So it's really about just giving away free content, free value, and creating awareness. Like awareness is the, is the very first part of all of this is, wow, Travis is an expert at building a software company. Oh, cool. And he just showed me this infographic about how to have a good idea or how to, how to hire a team. Because in the knowledge space, it's like they have to know you, they have to like you, and they have to trust you. And if you're an authentic, honest person, this is not that difficult. Mm-hmm. You just be yourself and be consistent. There are some people that actually have to work on it, which I, I never understood that concept. Like if you're not an honest person, then I don't know why you're, you're trying to sell things on the internet. But what you do is you keep giving away that value. That's the first lap. You might do that for 90 days. Like my wife has a podcast called Fearless Female. And her podcast at first was just a free thing she did to build that awareness. And then the next lap is, is audience. So you're going to do a landing page again. You're trying to build that audience. And now you're going to try to give that, that P this time is going to be something they're going to pay for. So this is where it starts to get fun because then you start seeing the value, even though it's a weird hump to charge money for knowledge. Um, even though I'm sure medical school was not cheap, you know, it, but it's, it's similar. It's like, you pay money for a college course or you might pay money for a weekend workshop on whatever it is. But for whatever reason, people are afraid to say, you know, for 97 bucks, I'm going to show you this thing. But that, that's your next step. Now you've already built awareness. You're starting to build this audience. Now you have this landing page and maybe you have this like, you know, masterclass on, on weight loss, how to have the success rate, you know, in weight loss. And it's whatever price point. I mean, people have sold things as cheap as $7 up to $10,000 for for knowledge, typically when something's worth $10,000, this is going to drastically shoot your business like through the roof or take you to where you're now certified to do this thing. So it really has to do a lot with your audience. But if you can find that thing, I love it when you're already in the business and you're helping another business owner, like the example of the paint guy. Another good one is there was a lady that did pet photography. And instead of teaching people how to take pictures of their pets, she taught photographers how to become pet photographers. So now all of a sudden, photographers had this whole new business model. So I mean, she, she was so smart. She did like academies, she did workshops, and then she did like, like getaways. You, you, you pay X number of dollars, I have no idea, let's say it's $5,000, and they would go to some amazing getaway with pets and take pictures and just this incredible experience. So you got to start off small, which is totally free. Then the next thing is to try to make some money from selling that knowledge. Or let's say it's a product that you're doing. Maybe you can create a demo of this and sell it. Like my wife has a friend that during the COVID thing, she was, she'd been working in the restaurant industry forever. And obviously restaurants just got decimated. So she started making cookies at home. And it's called, I think it's called the very best cookie company. And now she is like killing it where I think she's going to make six figures in these next six months selling cookies. And it was really just like, she started out small. She had a small product. People paid her money. Now she knew it worked. And now it's like really doubled down. And the last one is the big one. And she would have to do the same thing. And this is really focused on launching something. This is like, you're, you're like building up to a date. Like for example, with CoachSnap, I will be launching it in October and I will do all these things that will build up to that date. Almost like, you know, when Apple comes out with something new or there's a movie that's coming out or your favorite TV show or 
which movies are so interesting now how they're straight to digital. <laughs> it's so odd, but it, it really is like on July 7th, this movie came out. Like, this mm-hmm. is awesome. You can do that with the product, but you can't do that first. In the space of knowledge, everybody tries to launch first, but if you don't do those first two laps of awareness and audience and, and giving that value and knowing that they've paid you for this and it was amazing, that's one thing I learned from Kajabi is people loved Kajabi. You pay for it and you love it. Like that, That's like a rule of business. Raving fans. Yes. You have to have raving fans. You have to overwhelm. Like I hate that thing, under promise, over deliver. How about promise and then be amazing? Like mm. well, I hate how people are like, oh, I don't know if it's going to be really small and then it's great. No, it's like deliver. Like when you can give more value than someone paid you in cash, you're going to be successful. Like you're going to totally be successful. So in this launch concept, this is where you start becoming like the authority. Like they know that Travis is the SaaS founder authority. If you come to him, he will show you how to create your own SaaS company and launch it and make a million dollars in the first year. Like those are all factors. If you've been doing it long enough, you can start really establishing yourself as that authority. And that's when you can say, all right, I'm going to do this. You know, this, it, it might be like a mastermind where you guys are meeting somewhere over the weekend. Right now, they're mostly virtual. But yeah, it might be some kind of summit where you're like, all right, this is only going to be available on August 15th. And as soon as we sell 100 of these or by August 17th, we're closing it down. That's where the launch experience can really funnel in a lot of that audience into buying a product. But that's kind of the lap idea. It kind of basically breaks down the entire you know, knowledge industry and makes it kind of easy to understand. But that's kind oh, of the idea right there. I love that. And then one of the things that I found surprising about yours is that it really ended in the mastermind. But I think a lot of people think, well, I'm going to start out and I'm going to create a mastermind. But in your in your lap concept, it really, you have to build that audience and have yes. them engaged and give them products for free and then give them a paid product and then launch something like a course. And then you move to the mastermind kind yes. of towards the ends. Once you have those raving fans mm-hmm. who have gotten so much knowledge from you now, they're kind of moved up and they're more willing to participate in community a lot more. It's your tribe, right? Yes. They're wanting that community. Especially this happened with Kajabi, like Kajabi Heroes. That was a concept of if you made a thousand bucks, you're Kajabi Hero. And I think I actually saw your husband's backpack. That was how I was like, oh, he's a Kajabi Hero. But it's really. (laughs) Let's talk about this because I think this is a really brilliant thing. Yeah, it's about community and people want to be part of a community, Mm -hmm. especially when it's like exclusive or earned. Like to get that, you had to make it to a certain level. And that really works well when you can add that to your business, that ownership, that community that sense of, it's almost like a family. That's what I think that Kajabi was able to get to um, at some point. And that's not easy to do, but you have to try to find a way to do that. With Kajabi, that was out of necessity because we were trying to figure out, okay, let's try to figure out who's successful, who's not successful. Because in software, people sign up and then they leave and that's called churn. And in the software space, it's so frustrating because you want people to stay and be happy and make money. And we found that if they made it to a thousand bucks, they never left. And so we were like, all right, we're going to do everything we can to figure out how are they making a thousand dollars and teach every single person how to do that. And then eventually the concept of the Kajabi hero came out. And that's actually what inspired my book because I started interviewing the Kajabi heroes and their stories were like incredible. Like I would get goosebumps or we would both get emotional talking about 
this person went out there and shared their knowledge and it changed people's lives, like saved marriages. Husbands or wives were able to quit and then go into business together. Like all these great things were happening. You got to find a way to do that in your business. The raving fans, the, the true like following. And I think everybody should find a way. Any kind of business should be able to do that. Yeah, for, for those people who are listening and don't know, I mean, Kajabi has created this community of heroes, which are essentially the successful uh, people who have achieved certain revenue numbers. Uh, and once you hit a certain revenue number, you get, you know, they celebrate that with some, and they send you some swag. swag. Yeah, yes. and so... It's pretty smart. Uh, the, the, yeah, it's really smart. The first, so the first time I met Travis, I had a Kajabi backpack and, you know, it was just so funny because like, I didn't know who Travis was. I mean, I, I knew that he was, well, was part of this community and I attended and I just met him and then, and then it was just through the conversation. And I guess I made a turn and he saw the bag and that's how we realized, (laughs) oh wow, this is Travis Rosser. (laughs) Yeah. And Kaji, I mean, he's so excited when we get Kajabi swag. Like, I am. I mean, he is like, (laughs) <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, it's he, a good example of gamification too. Uh, it's evolved so much since I've been there because I sold Kajabi, my ownership in 2018. So I'm not involved at all in day to day. But yeah, it's, it's cool how it keeps going to no- other levels. And if you could find a way in your business to do that, where their success is being celebrated. And as an owner of the company, you're benefiting from this because you're going to stay with them forever. Mm-hmm. And that's what we all want is, is loyal customers that you can keep. And that's why the mastermind concept works because they already got something for free. Then they paid you a little bit. Then they paid you a little bit more. And if they keep getting results from you and they keep like liking what they're learning or you know fixing or whatever it is, they're going to ask you for that. Like in my wife's fearless female, like she's at the point now where like, you know, when is the next mastermind? Like when is the next? And she's, I think this next 90 days, she's doing like a pretty intense virtual one. And she's kind of excited because it's going to have virtual meetups once a month and then a big like almost mastermind, but all virtual. And, you know, before COVID, you would, you would do that with like a nice like local event. And there will be a day when we get back to that. But that works really well too in your community. Like, for example, you, we, we met at, at the Tony Robbins thing. Then we met at that investing thing. And that was all based on being at that event. And Man, there's so many cool things that can become events. Like, for example, the lady with pet photography. I mean, she's traveled all over the world and she's made six figures at a time doing that. Like, what if you could take your hobby or your profession or that thing you've solved and turn it into a way to vacation for free Mm -hmm. and make money at the same time? It's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I mean, we're already, I mean, we've been thinking about uh, buying an Airbnb. So it's so funny, like you're talking about yeah. vacation for free because we have status called real estate professional status. And so mm-hmm. if we buy a property like that, we can actually write off a lot of the uh, property value with depreciation and write off, you know, furnishing it and everything like that. It's like taking a vacation for free. It's a little bit different than what you're describing. Yeah. It's still in the same vein. Yeah. Yeah, my wife has a friend that lives in Colorado and she's purchasing a house where it's a beautiful home, but then it has like this barn that's been converted into this beautiful space. It's not even a barn. It's like a like a giant rec room type thing and she's turning it into her like workshop retreat facility. So after she does her coaching, you know, at the end of the 90 days, they can come to that place. And I always thought that was cool. I remember I heard a long time ago about an executive that traveled all the time 
He was always gone. He was always gone. He made it to the highest level of success. And then he finally got sick of it. So he moved to Texas. He had this beautiful property and then he created this like retreat center and he started coaching other executives and then he never left his house. Like imagine if you could build a business like that, you know, where your customers come to you and spend big money. I mean, we live in Southern California here, so that's something that could be done. But there's all over the country, people want to go places and just get away and be with that group of people. Once we're able to do that again, that's going to be so wonderful because there's so much energy you get when you have other people around you that are trying to learn the same thing or they've overcome the same thing or they love the same thing. Like some really, in my past, some of the coolest relationships I have are from going to masterminds like that. Yeah. And you're going to love this. I mean, we're, we have a real estate course. And then after our students finish that real estate course, they have an opportunity to join our membership site. And the nice. membership site has a lot of success tiers. Mm. And, and we've never announced this before, but the top tier is called you're an empire builder. And that tier, anybody who achieves that tier is going to be invited to our Italian villa, which we don't have yet. Wow, <laughs> that's coming, cool. They'll be invited to our Italian villa, which is something that Leite's always wanted, uh, just his vision of having family and friends yeah. and our community, right? People who yeah. you know we've helped along the journey and people who are like-minded, uh, people who share a common interest and have them all join us uh, in this place uh, and really be our family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, th- there's that whole thing of y- the people you surround yourself with. You know, that, that's why my wife and I do Tony Robbins stuff too, is you are, you know, an average of the, of the five people you hang out with. So you got to keep expanding your friend group. You, you, the friends you have are great, but if you want to keep growing and getting better at something, you got to continue to be around people that are, have kind of already made it. And those kind of things are so cool. I love them. Yeah. I mean, before we go to those last two questions, I really wanted to make sure we brought this up too, which is one other thing I learned from your book, which was in the first lap, don't mention what you're doing to that many people because a lot of people will be naysayers and actually just build it out yourself. And once you're in that second lap, then you can start sharing because otherwise you'll get, you know, totally, you know, cut down and you'll never take action. Yeah. Friends and family can be the worst because They've known you your whole life and they're going to be like, well, what do you know? Like my wife is so good at getting people out of debt and improving their credit score. And when she first started doing it, her family was like, what do you know about this? And she's like, well, I've gotten out of debt by myself twice and I have an 800 credit score. I mean, I'm good at this. So yeah, you have to keep this stuff to yourself. You have to, you have to guard your ideas until you can prove them. In fact, the best ideas are the ideas that nobody can talk you out of. I know that's something I use because I have so many ideas that I always try to sleep on and I always try to journal and see if it sticks with me. But you have to do this. If you are going to try to ask approval from your spouse or a friend or your parents, they're probably going to go, nah, unless they're in this space and they see it work, they're going to discourage you and you might be right next to something amazing that you never thought of before. I mean... It's hard to understand something until you've gone through it. And you know, what's crazy is during COVID, people didn't think working remotely worked or doing Zoom meetings worked and then they were forced to do it. Like, wow, this is actually pretty good. So you got to go for it. You got to try it out. And you're going to have to tell some people, but just don't tell the people close to you. Like, Try to find a way to where you're either through social media or you know you can get to that group of people because you got to find that group. That, that's the other thing too is this audience of people. That's why I love small niches. So like 
your niche is that group of people that loves that thing. And sometimes they're obvious and sometimes they're not so obvious, but you got to keep searching until you find that group. And then they're going to ask you, you know, for your product eventually. Great advice. Well, we always uh, finish with uh, our podcast with two questions. And, you know, as you know, our podcast is called Rich Doc Poor Doc. So what is your definition of rich? Yeah, to me, rich is um, freedom. Freedom to do what I want to do, um, like for my family, um, for my future, for the weekend, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> to be able to go to Bora Bora or to go do that or to buy that villa. Like I love those big dreams. And then to me, Rich also is legacy. Like I want to leave something behind and not a bunch of money for my kids, but the legacy of going for it and really trying and expanding because you know, I'm this kid from a small town that stuttered. I should not have been a successful, you know, entrepreneur, but I was. And I want to keep that to me as being rich also, is knowing that I can keep trying something and figuring it out until it works. And obviously the money that comes from it is wonderful. I'd rather be rich than poor every day because so much freedom that you get from that. Awesome. That's amazing. Um, and then uh, can you give us one strategy, mindset, or habit that separates someone who is rich from someone who is poor? Yeah, I think always expanding your knowledge is a big deal. Um, and for me, it's, it's, it's about mindset completely, like we talked about before. There's nothing I could read in a book that's going to teach me new business strategies. It's going to be like, oh my gosh. But there are tons of things I've learned about my mind and my creativity and my ability to use thought to create things. Like, There's one common denominator with everything in the world is it always was created from a thought. You know, at first it was a thought and then maybe it made to a piece of paper and then maybe someone molded something to put it together, but it started with the thought. And so I spend every day, there's three things I do every day. And the first is gratitude of everything that's going on. Just just being so grateful. The next one is dreaming. And like I said, I got to stay focused because my dreams go all over the place. But right now I stay focused on like, coach now, for example, dreaming what it's going to do, who it's going to help, how it's going to affect. And I journal that. And then the next one is, is really the manifestation process of, of knowing you can do it. Like, you know, you can do it. You could feel yourself doing it. Because once you do that, it's almost like you seem lucky. Sometimes people say I'm lucky, but it's also because I spent a lot of time getting ready to do that thing or to, to figure out that thing. And for me, that daily practice of gratitude, dreaming, and manifesting something into reality is is my secret weapon. Yeah, really. that's about believing. Believing, mm, believing. you can do it. Yeah, yeah it's the whole, the whole um, think and grow rich, you know, conceive, believe, achieve. It's the middle. If you believe, you're going to do it. That's the hardest part though, is believing it. And this whole process of meditating on this future to where you did it, it's always, it's mindset. It's like, you know how you, you look at a car and you're like, oh, that's a cool Mercedes. And all of a sudden you see that Mercedes everywhere. It was all, always there, but that thing got flipped in your brain. You can do this with, with success. You imagine yourself in that villa. You see it. You smell it. You feel grateful for it. And that gets you one step closer. I know it seems kind of woo-woo and oh, now I'm just going to go sit down and take a nap. No, you do that and you're going to see how your actions start to change or your awareness changes to where you're like, you see opportunities or you meet the person or it's happened to me. In fact, I think that's why I stopped stuttering as a kid because I dreamed of not stuttering one day. I, I prayed, God, please. I, I dreamed, what would it be like if I stopped stuttering? And from until I was 18, it didn't go away. And then all of a sudden it went away. 
And the same thing with Kajabi. I had that dream of a Kajabi and then it happened. And I want to just keep doing that. Just keep creating great things because it's so satisfying and it's so incredible to see the results. Yeah, I hope everyone who has been listening to this podcast to this point has seen this pattern in a lot of the people we've interviewed because it, it's a pattern. You believe you can do something, you go do it. I mean, it's mm-hmm. every single successful person has it. Yeah. yeah, it starts in here. I mean, it really does. I talked to a friend the other day and he was making a joke. He's like, I wish I could be retired like you and I'm not retired. But, and I said, you could be. And he's like, no, no, I'm going to be working for at least a hundred years. And well, he's, Right. If you say that, you're right. But if you say one day I'm going to figure it out, one day that gets you closer. But if you always turn your mind off, then you are going to get what you ask for. It won't magically happen. And all of a sudden, like, oh, this is great. I didn't see this coming. You have to plan for it. Amazing. Thank you. That was so yeah. Thank you. And thanks for being with us and sharing everything. And then, do you want to tell people how they can get a hold of you if they want to reach out? Yeah, I mean, I'm on social media. Just look up Travis Rosser. You can also find my book on Amazon, U Inc. It's the one with the black cover. Someone else wrote a U Inc. a long time ago. And then also check out Coach Snap. I'm going to be launching this fall and it's going to be really cool to watch. It'll be similar to 10 years ago when I launched Kadabi, kind of starting from scratch again. And I'm on that journey of trying to help as many people as possible. So it's going to be fun. Love it. We'll definitely be checking it out. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us and I'm sure we'll see you around at another event. The Doctors Building Wealth podcast provides information only and does not provide any financial, legal, tax, medical, or psychological services or advice. You are responsible for your own financial, physical, mental, and emotional well-being, decisions, choices, actions, and results. You should contact a professional if you have any specific questions about your unique situation.